The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Revolutionary Wellness Talk Radio. Your host is Rochelle McLaughlin. It's time to experience radical well-being. Learn to nourish your heart, body, and mind. Manifest your power in the present. And learn to live your life's infinite potential. Now, here's your host, Rochelle McLaughlin. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Revolutionary Wellness Talk Radio. I want to let you know that the premier issue of Revolutionary Wellness Magazine is now available online at revolutionarywellnessmagazine.com. Revolutionary Wellness Magazine is a beautiful publication devoted to amplifying, inspiring voices of our time. It's devoted to facing challenging realities head on, opening up new places of power and inviting curiosity about the paths we might take toward personal personal, communal, and global health. The magazine aspires to help us become the change we wish to see in the world, co-creating the more beautiful world we know in our hearts is possible. And we invite you to join us on this journey. And you can log on and access the publication for free at revolutionarywellnessmagazine.com. And this premier issue of the magazine features several of the first visionaries that I have had the honor of interviewing on Revolutionary Wellness Talk Radio. And it was no accident that the first three interviews I did on our show were related to digestive health, the human microbiome, and healing foods, since these three particular topics have held some of the most profound keys to my my own and my family and my clients' mental, emotional, and physical health and wellness. And my guest today, Dr. Catherine Reed's experience with healing her daughter's autism with a specific diet mirrors my own experience with healing my own daughter's almost autism through diet. And I'm thrilled to get to talk to Dr. Catherine Reed today about her experience and her incredible work in getting the word out about how our foods have many hidden ingredients and how these ingredients are common triggers to many of the symptoms that we associate with disorders such as autism and and many many other inflammatory and neurological disorders that we are seeing today in our chronic public health disease crises. And so without further ado, allow me to introduce Dr. Katherine Reed. Dr. Reed has her PhD in biochemistry and is the executive director and founder of Unblind My Mind, a nonprofit that educates on the links between the foods we eat and the chronic illnesses we suffer. Catherine has over 20 years of experience in biotechnology and molecular diagnostics research training that would find her ideally suited to tackle her most challenging scientific endeavor. In 2006, her youngest child was diagnosed with autism, and through her research, Catherine determined that certain ingredients and commercial food processing practices common in Western diet were associated with her daughter's autistic behaviors. Her knowledge has evolved into a treatment 
treatment program to help others with the Reduced Excitatory Inflammatory Diet, or READ Diet, it's R-E-I-D, that provides the missing links many are, so many of us are searching for in managing and restoring health through diet. Her approach has helped many recover their health, including her daughters, who is no longer on the autism spectrum. And you can find out more at unblindmymind.org. That's U-N-B-L-I-N-D-M-Y-M-I-N-D.org. So welcome, Dr. Reed. It is such an honor to have you with us here today on Revolutionary Wellness Talk Radio. Thank you so much for having me. Dr. Reed, I have shared with our listeners in the past episodes how we, we, my family, has have healed our daughter's almost autism by going on a specific diet called the GAPS diet to heal um, leaky gut. And when I came upon your work, it was very clear that what we were also doing or what we have also done on this in this process is to remove all exposure to chemicals that are in our modern industrialized foods and your work struck me on many levels including this fact that you know the the food industry has pretty much carte blanche freedom to use these chemicals even um in the most basic foods that we're completely blind to and you say that we are what we ate we eat but most of us don't know what we are eating so i was wondering if we can begin our conversation by speaking to this and i'd love to if you could share your story as well Sure. Um, yeah. So, uh, you know, on the uh, on the first part, just you know, we are what we eat. Um, you know, I I have uh, five children. You know, three biological and two um, stepchildren. Um, and before my youngest came along, you know, really thought that I was feeding the family well and thought I was, you know, health conscious and uh, and and doing no wrong on the food front. And uh, it really was, you know, having a, a chronic illness hit the family like autism that you realize that, you know, you've got one who um, is like the canary in the coal mine is, is somehow not... Um, healthy in the environment that, you know, the rest of us were doing okay in, and it makes you really reevaluate, um, you know, and define healthy once again. And, you know, the first place I I um, started feeling empowered at, at myself instead of trying to go through the medical journey, which, you know, was a, a lot of, you know, awaiting testing and evaluation and um, being allowed to take on uh, special um, or, you know, qualifying for special education or qualifying for specific services that um, I decided to take on the, the food element because that was something within my power and I could do right away and didn't have to wait, you know, um, you know, three months for just even evaluation processes. Um, and found, you know, that that's where my journey started. And because I saw just such dramatic changes in my child, it's fueled my passion and fueled the journey um, and wanted me to, you know, continue on with that. And so what is that journey specifically? Um, you know, initially just, you know, I think with so many um, children in America or modern civilizations right now, we're seeing, you know, a huge increase in inflammatory illnesses, inflammatory disorders across, you know, um, the the board with all sorts of, you know, whatever you want to diagnose it and call it. Um, certainly a huge increase in autism. Um, and when I started to kind of evaluate what her specific food or diets were, it was, it was not nutrient rich. It was, you know, really lacking a lot of various nutrients, lacking variety, um, diversity, 
and uh, started just to kind of think about, okay, well, what can we do to kind of increase, you know, the nutrients um, in her in her foods? Um, you know, and so that's, I think, you know, troubling for some parents because their child or their children are so picky, you know, green leafy vegetables are sometimes, you know, extinct in some of these younger kids' diets. Um, so sometimes even trying to help, you know, coaching families to even figure out how to increase the diversity in the diet is, is sometimes overwhelming. Um, but what we discovered was that um, our, you know, youngest uh, was really sensitive to free glutamate or glutamate um, in the foods. And free glutamate is also known, you know, the commonly known as monosodium glutamate or MSG. And I think we all um, will think that we can read an ingredient list and say, oh, it doesn't contain MSG because it's not in the ingredient list. And, you know, what I discovered as... um, I was going through various patents on foods and what they're doing to the food processing is that they're not required to label the amount of free glutamate or MSG that might be in a final product of food. And so it eliminates all of the free glutamate that might be um, generated or uh, uh, enriched or fortified as a result of the processing. And so you have to then know what the starting materials of that might be, which is protein, um, free glutamates and amino acid, and um, and amino acids are the building blocks of protein. So if you think about our American culture right now and how protein craze we become, and you have to, you know, eat this much protein and that much protein, and it's, you know, oftentimes highly processed um, proteins and that can start to degrade the proteins and result in more and more free glutamate um, or small peptides that end up, you know, triggering or uh, signaling uh, glutamate uh, receptors on our cells. And we just found that our our daughter was extremely sensitive um, to this, you know, processing that occurs and, and generating or liberating some of this free glutamate. Um, did you want to stop me and ask me questions based on what I've said so far? No, that's that's all. I I'm, I don't want to interrupt you. It's all very fascinating information. So yes, if please continue. You can talk maybe going into um, you know the what are the chemicals that we are talking about? The, going into a little bit more detail on the glutamate itself. Yeah, and I mean, so um, you know, many people will say, well, you know, glutamate is is natural, and and it's all true. You know, glutamate is natural. We do need to have a little bit of free glutamate, you know, um, that occurs to help with natural signaling that goes from the the tongue receptors, the olfactory senses, and signaling to the brain. You know, certain um, elements about our environment. It's it's part of our entire sensory system is glutamate signaling. Mm-hmm. And when I say glutamate signaling, it's it's this you know, chemical glutamate that will bind to glutamate receptors that reside on our cells or it's part of glutamate metabolism. And it triggers an entire, you know, host of downstream reactions, you know, um, based on how it's coming into our, you know, mouth or even our microbes, you know, uh, releasing it. And so there's a, there's a lot of different sources of free glutamate that can end up causing an excess um glutamate signaling and it is a neurotransmitter meaning it signals our neurotransmission or our neurological um, signaling pathways um, and it's an excitatory neurotransmitter meaning it excites our, our nerve, nervous system um, and it's you know responsible for about 40 percent of our excitatory nervous uh, system signaling 
So okay. it has, it has, you know, obviously there's a need for it, but it has to be in balance. And what happens is when we've got more and more of these foods that are enriching and fortifying for free glutamate, um, you don't keep that balance. You get an excessive signaling going on, um, resulting from, you know, something maybe as minor as anxiety or, you know, there's even glutamate-based depression now that they're diagnosing, um, you look at, you know, the rates of autism, you know, uh, any inflammatory signaling, you know, they've now associated with Alzheimer's, um, multiple sclerosis. And so there's all sorts of consequences for this excessive glutamate signaling, particularly if it's chronically occurring, right? We're getting this chronic, you know, excessive signaling that our body is trying to adapt to. And there's some uh, very serious health consequences as a result. Um and so for, you know, the entire family has ending up going on this journey and we all discovered like, you know, various sorts of health improvements as a result of going um, and cleaning up our diet. Um, but, you know, like you said, the, uh, the nonprofit that I started to try to raise awareness of this and just really kind of help and coach people to, you know, one, be aware more of what they're eating and, um, and two, just kind of help guide them um, on what, what you know, negative consequences might be occurring within their own diet um, on their own health and their family. Um, but the uh, Unblind My Mind website does have a list of these ingredients that, you know, many people wouldn't associate with being MSG. You know, I'll, I'll see many people like hold up a, a, a food product and say, oh, I don't consume any MSG when... It, you know, in fact, that the the food item they're eating, cons- you know, contains MSG. Um, wow. And I use MSG and, and free glutamate um, interchangeably because sodium is the, you know, the um, most common ion in our foods. And it will bind to free glutamate forming monosodium glutamate. But it matters if not if it's, you know, calcium glutamate or magnesium glutamate. It matters not. All of those are going to have the same reactivity in our body. Um but monosodium glutamate is often used interchangeably with um, free glutamate. So uh, being, yeah, so, you know, obviously the the first thing, you know, protein is is a a starting material. Um, And so, you know, when you think about how they have to go about isolating proteins from certain foods or they have protein extracts or hydrolyzed proteins, you know, these are, you know, code <laughs> words for MSG. Um, okay. they, I mean, even though they have lots of other amino acids, um, they're typically choosing foods that have an abundant amount of glutamate amino acid in the protein. Um, not many people know that wheat um, contains gluten, which is a class of proteins that has a significant amount of glutamate. And this is how they used to make MSGs. They used to take the gluten protein and hydrolyze it or degrade the heck out of it. Um, to create a bunch of MSG, um, and so it's no it's no mystery that's that's part of the reason why gluten is so addicting. Um, is mm. you know it's got a lot of glutamate in there, um, and it depends on how it's processed and you know how much is the free glutamate um, will contain. But if you ferment it, fermentation process is a way to start to degrade the proteins. Um, it is a way to generate uh, glutamate. And, and that is the bottom line as to why a lot of manufacturers will start to put this stuff in the food and not really, uh, you know, reveal to the consumers that, that it's in there. Um, but it, it's, it, it's addicting. Um, it's the only reason why it's in there. Um, it really does signal our brains that, wow, this stuff tastes good, um, yeah. even though it, it, itself it doesn't have any taste. Um, it will make anything that you're eating taste good. 
So okay. it was a way, you know, that they had um, a lot of um, food in the military didn't taste so good. And so they started adding MSG to the food in the military so that it, it had, you know, it tasted good. Mm. Um, and so that was the way that, you know, food that tastes really like cardboard without it um, tasted palatable. Um, and it started to just kind of very much permeate the entire modern, you know, uh, commercial foods that are on the market today. Wow. You know, with our, so much of what you say, as I mentioned, really resonates with our own experiences. When we um, started, you know, using this specific diet, and which really took out, definitely took out any kind of glutamate or MSG um, that was from the, you know, food industry that would be adding it to our food system. Um, but what we saw, you know, I think one particular part of this that's so challenging too is that is the leaky gut that a lot of our children are, are and adults as well are getting. And so I think that this combination of having these chemicals in our food and then they can get into our bloodstream so much easier as well. It seems like it's, it's an added challenge for us, um, making things even more addictive also. Um, would you say that's the case? Katie? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, the the whole issue with the, the inflammatory, um, you know, we're seeing just, you know, so much, such a huge increase in the inflammatory uh, disorders or uh, illnesses that, you know, inflammation starts to erode the intestinal wall. Um, and so the more, you know, the longer that inflammation is residing in, you know, certain areas of the, the intestinal tract, you know, it starts to erode that um intestinal wall and you start to get permeability and you start to have things, you know, going across that, you know, should not be in the bloodstream, mm-hmm. um, you know, ranging from, you know, uh, you know, peptides to proteins, you know, you know, fat molecules that normally would be, you know, digested and, and broken down and not ever, you know, just um, thrown into the bloodstream. Yes. And that will result, you know, and in some sort of an immune response <clears throat> and a lot of autoimmune issues. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, and so, and I, I do think that um, the protein craze that our, our, our country is kind of going through will, will, you know, start to result in more acidic, um, you know, environment in our intestinal tract. It'll start to result in different chemicals because of the fermentation or the breakdown um, that goes on in our uh, digestive tract. And that can so start causing a bunch of inflammation. So if you've got, you know, a lot of ammonia or phenols that are starting to be uh, produced as a result of, um, in, you know, incorrect proportions of nutrients in the diet, too, that can mm-hmm. start to result in a de- very different chemical uh, makeup in the intestinal tract. Dr. Reed, it's, it's time to take a short break. <clears throat> Dr. Reed says, my daughter is no longer considered on the autism spectrum, which is managed 100% through diet. After helping others restore their health through foods, Dr. Reed started Unblind My Mind. It's a 501c3 nonprofit to further spread the word and create a community of people passionate about restoring truly healthy foods to our food supply. These, um, Dr. Catherine Reed is the founder of the Reed, which the Reed Diet, which is the Reduced Excitatory Inflammatory Diet, and it produces, or it provides the missing links many are searching for in managing or restoring health through diet. Her approach has helped many recover their health, including her daughter, who's no longer on the autistic spectrum. And you can connect with Dr. Reed, watch her TEDx talk, and support her healing work at unblindmymind.com or .org. Excuse me. We will be right back after these messages. 
Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Do you know that you were born to experience revolutionary wellness? Have you wondered why extraordinary physical, mental, and emotional health has eluded you? Do you know that your infinite personal power resides right here in the present moment? People all over the world are awakening to their birthright. Revolutionary Wellness. Subscribe today at revolutionarywellnessmagazine.com and begin your journey into the mystery. Engage with experts in topics of nourishment, wisdom, and empowerment. Develop mental clarity, live wholeheartedly, and be empowered to live an authentic life of passion and purpose. The world, now more than ever, needs you to feel revolutionarily well. Explore and integrate new ways of being. Learn to access your own unique treasure, the wisdom that is right there inside you, waiting to be revealed. Experience a renewed, vivid, and nourishing relationship with yourself and the world around you. Log on and subscribe to Revolutionary Wellness Magazine today and experience the publication devoted to your journey toward extraordinary health and well-being. RevolutionaryWellnessMagazine.com Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Listening to Revolutionary Wellness Talk Radio. Rochelle is a clinician of mind body medicine, lifestyle change, and self healing. She is a life mentor, author, and publisher of Revolutionary Wellness Magazine. You can reach Rochelle at experiencerevolutionarywellness.com. Now back to Revolutionary Wellness Talk Radio. Welcome back, everyone. My guest today says, We believe every healing journey begins with a closer look at what we are eating. Unblind My Mind is a nonprofit organization um, founded by Dr. Catherine Reed, and it's dedicated to improving health one bite at a time at a time. And Dr. Reed says that we understand dietary changes are a journey. We want to guide you and be a part of that journey based on what we've learned through scientific research, experience, and understanding exactly what manufacturing processes are used in foods. We advocate specific dietary reforms as the first line of therapy in treating many common ailments. We are what we eat, but most of us don't know what we are eating. Um, Dr. Reed, I wonder if we could dive into that a little bit more about what it is, the, the manufacturing processes, and where we might find these foods um, or w- these chemicals that are in our foods and how we can avoid them. Yeah, so, um, you know, like I said, uh, glutamate being an amino acid, um, which is the building block of proteins, you know, that that is, you know, I, I'd say in the American diet, that is the biggest source of MSG going on in the diet is the um, processing of these protein-rich uh, sort of foods, whether it's enriched protein um, or it's already a, a protein-rich food. And uh, and so the, it's not even the ingredient called MSG on the foods that is actually the biggest source of MSG, which is a big eye-opener for me because, you know, I had no idea that I was consuming so much MSG because I, I would look at the ingredients. It doesn't say MSG on the ingredient list, uh, therefore it must not contain MSG, and that's just so not the case. Um, so if you have a protein that is very um, processed, you know, and those processes can be fermentation, right? So these 
the fermentation, what they have actually done is a science where they're adding cultures or specific microbes, um, bacteria that are, or yeast, um, that are fermenting the protein. They like the protein there and will start to digest. They'll secrete enzymes that will break apart that protein. And as a result, you'll get a lot of free glutamate um, or free amino acids, you know, in general that are, you know, created as a part of that fermentation process. And there's an entire, you know, art at looking at the, you know, aromatic, you know, um, or the the taste or the addictiveness even um, of what they're trying to control as they do these fermentation processes and see, you know, how much of the the free glutamate might be generated um, depending on the conditions that they have. So, for example, you take, you know, milk. Um, milk undergoes a fermentation process to, you know, create cheese. Um, and the, you know, the fact that the cheese is adding cultures, they usually add digestive enzymes even, um, or, you know, proteases, um, and that it's a fairly long fermentation process, this will create free glutamate. And the more aged a cheese is, the more MSG there is in the cheese. So, for example, like a, a hard cheese like Parmesan or um, a sharp cheddar or something will have more MSG than a, a newer cheese, um, meaning less um, aged, like a goat cheese. Um, but any fermentation process with that protein-rich, you know, uh, milk is still going to create free glutamate. Um, and this is why, you know, I, I, you know, hypothesize that people who take out, you know, the gluten and the dairy out of their diet um, will typically see, you know, very big gains if they have a glutamate sensitivity because those are pretty big sources of free glutamate in the diet um, because it's a lot of processed um, gluten and dairy. You don't normally eat, you know, or drink raw milk or you're not eating or consuming raw wheat. It's typically processed in some sort of way. Um, and, you know, depending on what they're replacing those food groups with, like if it's nutrient-rich vegetables, you know, people are seeing some pretty big improvements with just that. Um, but something like, oh, go ahead. Say, yeah, when you, uh, no, when you mention, because um, you're talking about the breakdown of proteins, um, you know, we're, we often, when we think of protein, we might think it's meat. And, and yet when people take out gluten is, and dairy is really when they're finding, you know, such profound healing um, journeys begin. So there's protein in wheat, and that's what's getting um, fermented. Is that correct? Is that how you're... I know this is a very complex um, topic, but I just wanted oh, no. to... Yeah, yes. Yeah, so gluten is the um, the class of proteins um, found in wheat, um, and it's true that wheat will have some other, you know, will have carbohydrates also, but yes. um, and you know some some fiber if they retain the uh, the the wheat germ. But uh, the it does contain a significant amount of protein, and in fact, a lot of yeah. you know breads will actually enrich with gluten, right? And why are they enriching a, a bread with you know more gluten and then you know fermenting it? And so yeah. it does add to the addictive properties of that particular product. Um, but yes, it's the, uh, you know, all of the nutrients are getting fermented, but because it's a protein-rich food also, or that has, a, you know, a large amount of that um, glutamate in that gluten protein, um, yeah. that that is getting fermented. So soy sauce is another example where, you know, the, just the act of fermenting that soybean will create free glutamate because there is, you know, protein in that soybean that's getting fermented or broken down. Um, and so, you know, okay. all soy sauce will have MSG. Um, and so, 
uh, yeah, so fermentation of proteins, you know, and then any, you know, um, food that is, you know, just a naturally protein-rich food that then undergoes some sort of process that has like acid hydrolysis or even basic hydrolysis um, where, or, you know, extreme heat and pressure where it's, you know, starting to degrade that protein um, will result in, in free glutamate. Okay. Um, and then, you know, there's, you know, sometimes a big craze with like yeast extract or yeast um, components because, you know, people are thinking that it's got a lot of nutrients that are associated with, um, you know, the yeast uh, cell wall. Um, but that also will contain, you know, free glutamate because that is part of a lot of, you know, microbial metabolism, you know, the yeast and bacterial metabolism. Yeah. Um, we so had an interesting... We had an interesting situation where, you know, we were starting to, you know, remove, you know, foods that had potentially, I mean, I know it's so complex, the wording that they, the industry uses that, you know, I rarely, if ever says MSG. <laughs> um, and one particular item that we were trying out early on as we were making the shift, it had basically lentils and then this word natural flavors and I thought it would be okay and you know feeding that to my daughter um, of course when she's younger and she this caused incredible abdominal pain and when I made lentils you know from scratch it was totally fine for her and so you know doing more research about this this term natural flavors is actually just fascinating and frightening and I wonder if you have any um, anything to share about that? Yeah, and you know that's you know, thank you. You know, I almost forget all the uh, the different code words, but uh, you know, yeah. natural flavoring. I mean, it, it, talk about lack of transparency as to what exactly that is. It's a huge black box that the uh, the commercial foods are using, um, or the you know the the products um, that is can be such a various amount of chemicals um, that that's covered into that natural flavors. So it, it means only that it comes from something natural, um, but they can, they can process it any way, shape or form. There's about 4,000 patents that will look at natural flavors and creating free glutamate in the foods. Um, and there's just, you know, significantly more, you know, patents on natural flavors that deals with a whole sorts of hosts, um, you know, of other products that they're creating. Um, so it could be up to like 80,000 different types of chemicals that could be under that, you know, um, one label, natural flavors. Um, oh. But it's it's completely not transparent. You have no idea what the starting material or what they processed or what they've even, what are they calling natural Um and I, I did get into like a little back and forth with one flavoring company um, because I was trying to get, you know, just a little bit more visibility into what what's this whole flavoring industry about. Um, but I was under the assumption that if it said natural strawberry flavor, that actually that had to contain the strawberry. You know, when I read the FDA yeah. code on what that, you know, what, what the legal requirement of, you know, natural strawberry flavor would be, I was under the assumption or my interpretation of the law was that it had to contain something that started off with, with strawberry. And when yeah. I was talking to this flavoring company, they said, no, it just, it needs to taste like strawberry. I'm like, well, that's not the point. <laughs> you can make it taste whatever you want. Um, and so her interpretation of the law was completely different than mine. And I was like, okay, I, that is not um, how I'm reading the FDA um, code for, yeah. for how things should be labeled. So, um, 
So it opened my eyes there too that there's there's obviously a whole level of interpretation going on, and who knows to what degree it's being enforced um, and and regulated. Um, that you know something that says hazelnut flavoring is actually from a hazelnut. You know, not that that makes it any better because you can still yeah. obliterate the uh, the the natural food to you know all sorts of various chemicals. Um, and if you think about how we synthesize chemicals in a laboratory, if it if the food's touching the laboratory, there's all sorts of you know ability to um, really alter its form from, you know, the truly original natural form. Yes. And I've read, uh, you know, on the FDA, it says that the food industry has permission to basically use these chemicals for the desired effect. There's this like statement of, you know, this for desired effect. And it's uh, to, they know that it's, you know, as you mentioned before, too, that they can make these um the, the use the chemicals so that the food becomes more addictive so that the people you know so that we're buying it more and and you know it's all about the bottom line of course so um, you know this lack of transparency is really it's really unfortunate and so it really comes down to us making these personal choices for our family that we can um, actually opt out of these uh, foods thank goodness but um, but that's, you know, where if you could talk about how your outreach for with your program with Unblind My Mind, because this this is the thing that so many people, so many of us are not, not taught this or not given this information. In fact, I have a quote um, from your website where you say, we believe that the healthcare revolution begins with empowerment and our mission is to empower you with the information necessary to restore and maintain health. The Unblind My Mind um organization that's that's guided by you helps individuals families and groups implement healthy food choices providing unique educational programs to this end and that many people have told you that despite their training in medical or nutrition fields they were never taught the information that you have shared this is so surprising to me too that this this information is not being taught in Western medicine or in the nutrition field. Is this changing? Do you see that this is changing now, or is it still pretty much standard practice where our our um, you know medical doctors and our nutrition practitioners are not being taught this? Um, I mean, I think now um, people who are in medical school now are required to take one one mm-hmm. nutrition yeah. course um, many of the doctors practicing today have never you know been required to take nutrition um, courses you know the basis behind medical training is you know learning to diagnose various ailments and then what prescription drug is used to treat it yeah. that is the primary you know um, part of the education and so you know nutrition is is peripheral still and um the yeah. you know registered dietitian program is supported by some of the biggest offenders in food you know Kellogg's and General Mills um, are the ones that are actually running these registered dietitian programs and so the the program is littered with you know influence from the the industry that's the biggest offenders <laughs> so it's you know they're not being taught, you know exactly how to help people. Um, and so they might learn, you know, that, oh, yeah, you know, this this particular vitamin is important, you know, here, let's take the supplement, you know, sort of thing, as opposed to yeah. like, okay, you know, really, what is causing some inflammation? What's causing, you know, some of these, you know, um, autoimmune issues, or, you 
you know, the things that are just reaching and soaring um, and yeah. creating lots of uh, expenses for our, our whole nation. Um, and so they're not being taught that. And that's part of Unblind My Mind is, is definitely reaching out to the medical industry um, whether it's the quote unquote mental illness field, I don't I don't feel like, you know, the mental illness field is actually really looking at some of the um, underlying issues that are resulting from people's intestinal tract and we're seeing more and more that the gut brain connection is huge and they there needs to be a, a big eye-opening and thinking outside the box in terms of how this um, the psychology industry has practiced before and what they need to do in moving forward. Um, you know, not all everybody's going to be cured by a pill, and that shouldn't necessarily be the first line of defense with trying to help people. Um, we're seeing now that the, you know, glutamate-based depression and, you know, depression being, you know, microbial imbalances and um, anxiety being microbial imbalances, you know, OCD, bipolar, um, many of these things are starting in the gut. And so we need to be looking first and foremost at what are we putting in the gut. Um yeah. And uh, the I do speak at um, you know medical schools. Um, you know they have something called you know ground round grand rounds where they're um, you know looking at people who have are patients themselves or have helped you know somebody with a, a particular illness. And so given that my you know daughter was on the autism spectrum and we were able to um, get her off the spectrum with this dietary approach, you know that's it's definitely something that the um, some medical schools are interested in hearing that story, um, yeah. you know, talking at autism conferences or, you know, any of these, you know, healing conferences is another part of the outreach. Um, the TED Talk has helped with just kind of, you know, getting it out there and getting the word out there. And then people will contact the, um, through the Unblind My Mind site. And then we, you know, set up one-on-ones or, you know, going to, um, you know, various um, medical, you know, meetings, you know, whether it's like, you know, meeting with the doctors or meeting with, um, you know, various people that are, you know, on the first line of defense here with health, you know, that there, there are many people who want to know this information. Um, yeah. And that's, and that's, you know, obviously part of our outreach. It's like, you know, there's a lot of people who are just going to be, you know, convinced that nope, food has nothing to do with health. And it's hard to, move that needle and <laughs> you got yeah. to start to influence the people that are at least uh, seeing it somewhat in their own um, life, in their own family and are willing to then, you know, take the journey and learn more. Um, yeah. Uh, it It's time to take a short break and let's jump back in um, when we come right back from this break. But before we go, allow me to just share a brief quote by Dr. Catherine Reed, our guest today. She says, chronic inflammation leads to increased risk of cancer and major, and a major underappreciated link is the role glutamate plays in these pathways. What is the level of glutamate in your diet? Reduce your consumption of free glutamate and reduce the risk of inflammation that spirals your health out of control. These are the words of Dr. Catherine Reed, the founder of the Reduced Excitatory Inflammatory Diet and Unblind My Mind that you can find uh, and find out more um, about her work at unblindmymind.org. And we will be right back with Dr. Catherine Reed. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. 
Do you know that you were born to experience revolutionary wellness? Have you wondered why extraordinary physical, mental, and emotional health has eluded you? Do you know that your infinite personal power resides right here in the present moment? People all over the world are awakening to their birthright. Revolutionary Wellness. Subscribe today at revolutionarywellnessmagazine.com and begin your journey into the mystery. Engage with experts in topics of nourishment, wisdom, and empowerment. Develop mental clarity. Live wholeheartedly and be empowered to live an authentic life of passion and purpose. The world, now more than ever, needs you to feel revolutionarily well. Explore and integrate new ways of being. Learn to access your own unique treasure, the wisdom that is right there inside you, waiting to be revealed. Experience a renewed, vivid, and nourishing relationship with yourself and the world around you. Log on and subscribe to Revolutionary Wellness Magazine today and experience the publication devoted to your journey toward extraordinary health and well-being. RevolutionaryWellnessMagazine.com Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Listening to Revolutionary Wellness Talk Radio. Rochelle is a clinician of mind body medicine, lifestyle change, and self healing. She is a life mentor, author, and publisher of Revolutionary Wellness Magazine. You can reach Rochelle at experiencerevolutionarywellness.com. Now back to Revolutionary Wellness Talk Radio. Welcome back, everyone. We are here with Dr. Catherine Reed. She's the founder of the UnblindMyMind.org organization. It's a nonprofit organization and um, that provides the missing links many are searching for in managing or restoring health through diet. Dr. Reed says that she discovered that ingredient labels require decoding. It's important to understand how ingredients react in the body only way to know in the food is to know the process used to make the food and she discovered that her daughter's autism was associated with the foods eating and so welcome back uh, Dr. Reed I wonder if we could dive into the the connection that you talk about inflammation and and these foods that these chemicals that are in our foods and how how we are um, how in our lives and in our health today. Yeah, so, um, you know, part of the READ program is um, reducing the excitatory signaling that's, you know, associated with, um, you know, uh, free glutamate um, and a couple of other, you know, free amino acids. Um, And how that links to inflammation um, and how they're intertwined is, is, you know, took quite a bit of research. So, um, you know, like I said, glutamate signaling is actually necessary we that's how we sense our environment that's how we then are able to respond to our environment and react it's a lot of you know through you know glutamate signaling there are other signaling pathways but you know glutamate is a very dominant one um and so we need this natural kind of balanced signaling to occur but when that signaling becomes excessive it's actually an sos response you know where the body is perceiving a stress right again because it's part of our sensory system 
then our body is saying, oh, we have a stress going on here. There's an excessive amount of glutamate signaling going on. And it actually starts to signal and um, initiate the inflammatory pathways. And you get, you know, cytokines released and start, you know, you start to have this inflammatory signaling that's occurring in response to excessive glutamate signaling. And this is how the neurological and the inflammatory pathways have to be able to cross-communicate that we are able to um, respond to stress or respond to, um, you know, dangers and and, uh, injuries, you know, accordingly or uh, appropriately. Um, And so then if you have an excessive amount of inflammation that might be due to, you know, some other, you know, food item, it can also then, you know, reverse and cause excessive glutamate signaling because again the body's perceiving a stress and then it's releasing some glutamate to be that signal to say oh stress you know send more helpers down here and so those two pathways the glutamate signaling and the inflammatory um, signaling ways are very closely connected um and so, you know, it's it's the reason why we have to have the in, reduced inflammatory component part of um, restoring health is that if you don't have inflammation controlled, you know, that, that glutamate signaling can very much be excessive. Um, so when I talk about how, you know, for people to get more balanced glutamate signaling, you know, you have to think about the food and you have to think about, you know, maybe there's another um, external environmental factor that's causing inflammation that you have to be controlling too. And then the microbes or the trillions of, you know, microbes in our gut are also another big part of the equation because they, you know, release or they metabolize the foods that we consume. They produce a bunch of chemicals or metabolites and that can either work for our health or work against our health and so we also have to think about um, how glutamate signaling might be increasing from microbe um, microbial imbalance also and so it becomes a very you know complex you know three-pronged approach that we work on in trying to restore natural balanced glutamate signaling and uh, you know <laughs> it's a uh, it's interesting how glutamate signaling is actually the signaling pathway that enables us to learn a new skill. So, you know, learning how to ride a bicycle, you know, when we were a kid was, is actually involving a lot of new neural connectivity that is required to learn a new skill. But that can also be the same glutamate signaling pathway that's leading to addictive behavior too. So it's a, it's a fine line and we have to be able to say that we don't want excessive glutamate signaling because that can lead to very addictive behaviors, um, addicted to foods or alcohol, drugs, you know, um, and even negative um, behaviors. And this is where I think it it comes um, to play with respect to how my my daughter was so um, helped out with this approach was that there was a very obsessive, you know, loop going on with her that, you know, uh, similar to like an OCD sort of, you know, obsessive compulsive um, disorder loop where, you know, just you could not get a particular thought out of her brain and she would just kind of keep going back there and it was repeated, 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 you know, sometimes four or five hours, you know, at a time. Mm-hmm. And that's a, a very clear sign that there's this, you know, um, a, uh, disorder, dysfunctional neurological signaling that's occurring and it's not stopping. It's, you know, this boom, boom, you know, repeated signaling going on. 
And so it's necessary to calm that signaling down in order to get this very functional learning that needs to occur with, you know, repeat exposure to a given thing. And it's, it's leading to, um, you know, more optimal uh, function and, you know, further improving us rather than kind of holding us back and keeping us literally stuck. Yeah, we've had Dr. Natasha Campbell McBride on in the past, and she makes the connection also, just as you're you're doing with you know autism and also um, other mental health disorders like you you're making as well with schizophrenia and depression and all of these others. And interestingly enough, you know, as I you know made these lifestyle changes to help you know in the, this whole process in helping my daughter heal there were other things that just melted away like i used to consider myself as a person with chronic um back pain <laughs> and it just is so profound to me that you know yes so there's this connection between the mental health but also this physical health piece that as we take out these chemicals out of our diet that there's this um relief that happens, you know, physically. I wonder if you could speak to that a little bit. Yeah, you know, I had, you know, similar sorts of things where I'm, I'm going on this dietary journey thinking, oh, yeah, I'm eating healthy. But you know what, I want to yeah. support my my daughter and not having her think that she's eating different foods. So I'm going right. to do this approach with her. Um, <laughs> and and like, you know, holy Toledo. I mean, that, this is why the uh, the nonprofit is is named Unblind My Mind. I, I really yeah. felt like, wow, I just I was blind. Um, but I got rid of, you know, uh, my pollen allergies. I, you know, lost weight without even trying. Um, yeah. uh, similarly, the the back pain, which again is, you know, a sign of inflammation, but I, I didn't have nearly the aches and pains and, you know, sort of kind of arthritis type feeling um, in my joints. Um, and, you know, definitely see an anxiety depression component lifted with my husband. Um, in yeah. fact, I can tell when he cheats and you know I am in the process of writing a book and I and one of the the subtitles uh, of the chapter is um you know how I know when my husband cheats and it's it's just like I can he just starts you know these deep sighs and he gets you know he gets more irritable and um and anxious and I'm like oh, what what did you eat <laughs> um and so it, it's sometimes easier to to notice these uh, behavioral changes in, in loved ones, you know, when they kind of yeah. um, are quote unquote off, and uh, you're like, oh wait, what happened there? You know, what's going on with you? And and it's then easier for you know that person to identify. Oh yeah, you know, I did. I had this big salad with a bunch of salad dressing that I didn't know where the salad dressing came from. And yeah, I think I you know I'm not feeling <laughs> so yeah. good. Um, but yeah, yeah it's uh, eye opening. Yeah. It is. I appreciate that you share that, you know, like with your your husband. Um, You know, I think that for so many of us, like we're talking about how a lot of these chemicals are addictive. And, you know, there's all these different levels of addiction happening that, you know, from the damaged gut lining and these these chemicals then going directly into the bloodstream and on and on. And what do you recommend for your clients um, to start? Like, do you... Do you say, you know, just getting all of it out right away is the best or slowly kind of, you know, these foods out and integrating new ones that are, um, you know, whole foods, local, from your local farmer kind of thing. If you could say a little bit about that before we go today, that would be great. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so I, I do find that the journey is, is different for, you know, each each person, each family has different, you know, set of dynamics going on. And uh, honestly, yeah. the more severe the illness, the more motivated 
that yeah. one is to make changes yeah. drastically. Yep. Um, I do recommend there is no like, you know, a little bit. It's like saying I'm going to have like a little methamphetamine, um, yeah. you know, because it is something that is so addictive okay. um, that it is. I tell them kind of where the end goal is and then kind of work with each individual um, you know, family dynamic to figure out. What's the best approach that works to get to that end goal? Um, okay. Is it something that, you know, like it's in the middle of the school year and, you know, there's two parents working, you know, so those sorts of factors come into play as, okay, let's, how are we going to take this journey? Um, it's first of all saying to, here's the end point, how are we going to do this journey? Let's work out a plan. Um, but uh, the faster one goes, the more likely they're going to see rewards early on and then be yeah. motivated, right? Because that's what's motivating is really seeing these big changes. Um and with parents who are, you know, parenting uh, children on the spectrum, there's no more motivation to change that fast because um, it's typically a very, you know, it's it's very dysfunctional for the family um, yeah. and it's very time consuming. It's energetically you know, just draining. Um, yeah. And so there's a lot of motivation to try to, you know, heal the children and get them to be, um, you know, to calm the family dynamics down. It certainly was very, um, you know, disruptive to our, our whole family dynamic. Yeah. Um, and so they're t- typically I find that, you know, part of my clientele, the, the most motivated um, is, you know, like the more severe that a, a child is in the spectrum or um, serious yeah. health issue. Um and then I say, yeah, go in your pantry and clean it out. And here's the yeah. food you replace it with. <laughs> yes. Um, and, and uh, you know, don't go out to eat until you kind of navigate the journey within your house. And then I start to work with people on travel plans and, and how they approach um, going out to eat, social situations, you know, and we really all have to be part of changing the culture, you know. No, no yes. Skittles at schools and muffins and cookies. <laughs> yes. 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 That's fantastic. You know, I think that it's particularly empowering, you know, for that reason. I think people, um, you know, when the, when it becomes their experience and they see the transformation that they are motivated and moved to go out and, and help, you know, the whole system kind of, you know, uh, make shifts that are tough, like you said, in schools and when things are being served, you know, um, recently just having conversation with some parents about how many birthdays there are at school and all of the stuff, you know, the food that's associated with that, that's not good for our kids and our families. And so, um, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, and, and schools have been a big battle for a lot of my clients. Um, and, and it's a sad thing because, you know, the, the purpose is to educate the children, not to bombard them with a bunch of sugar and yeah. load them up and send them home. Um, yeah. And it, it is amazing how they're still celebrating birthday parties with, you know, um, cupcakes and things like that. And, yeah. um, and, you know, it depends on the school district and, you know, depends on the principal and stuff. But, you know, it's, it, I do think more parents need to push back um, because even a very healthy child, you know, parents should be concerned about the amount of sugar that's being served to their kids, um, not with their, yeah. you know, the parent permission. Yeah. So, Dr. Reed, it's it's such a great pleasure to have had you here today. I'm looking forward to having you on again. I think there's so much more that we can talk about on many different levels. Um, my guest today has been Dr. Catherine Reed. Dr. Reed is the executive director and founder of Unblind My Mind, a nonprofit that educates on the links between the foods we eat and the chronic illnesses we suffer. To learn more and support Katie's incredible work, you want to go to unblindmymind.org. Um, thank you again 
for being with us today, Katie, and for sharing your extraordinary wisdom and experience so that we can all learn from them. It's such a gift that you're um, giving to the world and just looking forward to our upcoming series, um, different shows together um, in the coming months. So thank you for that. And um, and to our listeners, be sure to join me next week where Bio Akomalafai and I will be re-entangling humans once again with nature in our third and final episode with Dr. Frederica Felmarglin on spirituality and ecology of belonging and in the meantime you can check out our magazine at revolutionarywellnessmagazine.com and also join us on Revolutionary Wellness Talk Radio's Facebook page follow our Twitter feed at Revolution Well and you can connect with, with us on our website at experiencerevolutionarywellness.com it's such a pleasure to be here with you all on Revolutionary Wellness Talk Radio thank you for joining us on this journey to become the change we wish to see in the world co-creating the more beautiful world we know in our hearts is possible until next time may you be well and may we all be well thank you for opening your heart and mind to a new way of being to greater degrees of self-compassion and wellness and your experience of your own infinite potential with revolutionary wellness talk radio join host rochelle next thursday at 2 p.m pacific 5 p.m eastern time to turn courageously towards your own unique experience of health and wellness here on the voice america health and wellness channel remember you too can experience revolutionary wellness again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the voice america health and wellness channel for more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest please visit voiceamericahealth.com the voice america talk radio network is the worldwide leader in live internet talk radio visit voiceamerica.com the views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the voice america talk radio network it's staff and management.